Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord God, thank you for this morning. Thank you that you allow us to be together, to gather in your name, to focus on you. Open our eyes, our ears, our hearts. Help us, Lord, where we are. Some of us have come broken and hurting. Help us. Give us the comfort that you offer. In your name we pray. Amen. Is that me, Jason? Sorry. I heard some fuzzy. The, the, this passage this morning is from Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah 40, 1 through 11. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for your God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level and the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice cries out. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All the people are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them all. Surely the people are grass, and the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our Lord God endures forever. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on the high hill. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift up and do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is our God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him. And his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms. He carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. May God add his blessing as we continue to sing. I wonder aloud this morning... How many of us feel some disconnected from God today? How many of us walk through the church doors like we do every other week with the plan to come and try to make connections, to make restitution or repair, to work on our brokenness of our relationship with God? See, I'm not naive enough to believe that we all come in the same spot. 
that all was good this week, that all was healthy this week, that all of our relationships worked perfectly this week, that we didn't suffer pain or loss this week. The very thing that holidays did for us as kids, right? The very excitement of Christmas as children make maybe Christmas even harder as adults. You wouldn't believe how much more struggles and trials and how much more the phone rings on holidays or around holidays. I can tell you what time of year it is by how many phone calls we get a day. The understanding that we're going to spend time uh, maybe in a, with someone who's struggling or we are the one who's struggling uh, and the holiday only makes that harder. Sometimes we feel some unloved. This week we're going to talk about love. Because some of us feel some disconnected. We feel maybe there is little comfort for our position in the world today. The passage in Isaiah reflects that towards God's people. They had spent this time in exile feeling disconnected from their God. Feeling anything but comforted in the situation they found themselves. Wandering around. Wondering if it would ever change. Think about 70 years of wandering as a people. Multiple generations. Where is our God? Has He forgotten about us? Maybe He went on vacation and He forgot to come back. Maybe He finally had enough of our irresponsibility. Maybe He gave up on us. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt that God maybe gave you your tries, your chances, and you messed it up bad enough that he moved on? See, as people, we do that, do we not? We'll give you a chance. I'll give you another chance, right? But if I give you a third chance, shame on me. God doesn't work that way. And the prophet Isaiah is out there prophesying to God's people and reminding them that there's hope even in the dark days. I'd love to tell you that I had conversations with eight or ten people this morning and they were all good. But that's not reality. There are struggles in the world that we live. There are trials in the world that we live. I was at a funeral yesterday. I was at a funeral Friday. And I'm going to be dealing with a funeral today. 
There are struggles. And so when do we ever feel comforted by our God? Isaiah comes along and he says, Comfort my people. Comfort my people, says God. God will come. He is on His way to comfort you. See, the best thing we know about comfort is food, right? We even, we even, we, I don't even know if you know, but there is a, there is like a category. If you get on like uh, online, you can look up restaurants that serve comfort food. <laughs> oh, it's extremely healthy. No butter, no grease. <laughs> yeah, enough. Right? It's the, it's the opposite, is it not? Comfort food is not healthy. <laughs> It's not salad. <laughs> it's not spinach with a little olive and uh, olive oil and vinegar. Nah, Ken. If you find comfort, comfort food is not good for you. That's the idea. We understand comfort uh, quite well in food, but what does comfort look like for God's people today? What about those who were suffering? In the time of exile. What would comfort look like if you didn't have a place to live? If you were homeless, wandering around? Last week in second service, we, as we were talking about the Israelites, I was talking to Tim and Rachel just in the sermon, and I said, you have Stella who's three months old, I think. Three months old? Is that right, Paul? I think she's three months old. And I said, think about this for a moment. Everything you need for Stella, you have to have on your back. Not to mention all your stuff, and your wife has to have her stuff, right? And we don't have a, a trailer, a tractor trailer to carry all that stuff. These people lived their lives wandering around. The pack and play probably didn't make it, right? <laughs> it's useful, but it's probably not that useful. <laughs> not useful enough to carry all that stuff. Their lives were hard. day after day. What they were looking for was comfort. A reminder that God hadn't given up on them. That He still loved them. And along comes Isaiah. And he says, I love you so. I love you so much that I'm going to send a comforter and we know that comforter is Jesus. But then he reminds us in this passage just a bit about this guy who's going to come as a herald. Someone to remind us that the Savior is coming. And if you, if you want to get a chance to read where the Isaiah prophecy is, remi- is remembered, go to Matthew chapter 3. That, that piece is uh, right at the beginning. It says, repent for the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. God is going to send, he's preparing to send his son Jesus for our salvation. He's like, I have the comfort you need. Hold on and be ready. It's going to come. 
hold on. I don't know about you, but that's exciting for me. And we went to a funeral on Friday. And it was said in the funeral, he knew where he was going. And we said, that's a comfort. And it was replied to us, doesn't comfort me today. Fair enough doesn't comfort me today. But it does comfort us to know that we have God's salvation. That there is a way out. And it's exciting to know that. There is hope beyond this day. We have become a world of instant gratification. Instant gratification. We need to know now I need to get some something on Facebook or my Instagram and I need to put it on there so people can, uh, can like it or uh, watch it or, you know, maybe I'll do some TikTok videos. That'd be good, huh? You guys would like that, wouldn't you? We struggle to be patient for God, to wait for God. We think if He doesn't act at this moment, that obviously he's not involved in my life or he doesn't care or maybe it's not... Maybe he's uh, out of time or there's too many people and he's too busy. Maybe he really doesn't care. Maybe it doesn't make a difference. I'm here to tell you this morning it does make a difference. He does care. He loves us so. He hasn't quit he didn't quit on the Jews then. He didn't, doesn't quit on us today. No matter how it feels, be careful with your feelings. Sometimes we get the feels and they control our emotions. They control our lives rather than the other way around. Scripture in verse 9 says, go tell it on the mountain, right? Tell people who God is. Let them know who our God is. Church, I need you to know right now. How did I get there? I didn't mean to go there. Sorry, Brian. That was me. It might have been you. I don't know. You have a responsibility. It'd be great if you could just pay me enough to be only my responsibility. Ha ha. Scripture doesn't say that. <laughs> Scripture doesn't say that. It doesn't support that. And if you can find it, let me know. It doesn't. It says that we all have a responsibility. Go and share your faith with others. Share the hope you have in Christ with those you come in contact with. We are all priests of the King. So it would be fun and easy to just make me do that. I get it. <laughs> it's your job, right? <laughs> do it. It's your job. But it doesn't work that way. We all have a responsibility to share the hope we have in Christ with those we come in contact with. And he does say, go up on the high mountain. Tell people the good news. Lift your voice with strength. Don't be afraid. 
Let people know. Why? Because they're like, their faith is like wilting flowers. These flowers look beautiful this morning. If I leave those there till next week, you know what's going to happen? They're going to look just like that picture. Oh, if they would just stay beautiful white roses, but they won't. And Isaiah says our, our faith can be like that. It wilts quickly, burns, it dries up like the grass. Sorry, I'm making fuzzy sounds. We're going to live with it. Remember this. The time is short. The time is short to share our faith with others. At some point, hopefully sooner than later, you will begin to share your faith with others. You will find out that that happens to be the most important thing you have on this earth. I did a funeral yesterday for a young lady who used to sit in the back row, Dorothy Gertz. She was a sweetheart. She always sat in the back, and she ministered to the people in the back row. I used to call her back row Joe. She made a point to make time for people. Her ministry was that. Well, she passed last week. And when Martha, her daughter, Martha Brown, and her son Wayne went to the house, they found this, they found this and some other presents, some gifts. It seems that Martha or that uh, Dorothy had a plan. You never came to her house at Christmas time and didn't get a gift. She wanted to make sure you felt like you were one of, the, of her family. And so she kept a box in her attic of gifts. And we're not sure what's in this gift, and it's just a couple hearts on there. There's no name, so it actually could be for any of you. And we don't know what it is, except it feels like a book, you know. If you're good at Christmas presents, you know, mm, that feels like a book. It might be her life journal. We don't know. We didn't open it. But Dorothy filled out her legacy. Do you remember your legacy papers? This is a side note. Turn in your legacy papers. Or I'm going to sick the teacher after you. I don't know. we got some teachers here. Dorothy filled out her legacy papers from the sermon series early in the summer. And Dorothy had one request. Share with those who come to my funeral the gift. Now, she didn't have a clue that I would have this gift. That wasn't the gift she was talking about. The gift she was talking about was the gift of salvation. She said in her paper, in the whole booklet, share with them the most important thing in my life. If I only have one thing left to tell people, my family, my friends, those of my church, those who I have come in contact with, and I will tell you there were probably 140-ish, 150-ish people here yesterday. She said, share with them the most important thing in my life. I lived 78 years. There's one thing you need to tell them. Tell them about Jesus. Tell them that I lived my life focused towards God. 
I didn't do it all right. I was not perfect. I made mistakes. But the blood of Jesus covered that in my life. I tried to make the best decisions. I tried to raise my kids with my husband the right way. I tried to show them love. Because I had gotten the gift. And I want to make sure they got the gift. She said, please tell my family. Please make sure they understand that that's the most important thing that happened in my life. And I have to tell you, it made for an easy funeral. Because I started off saying... I could have talked about how kind she was. I could have talked about how her hospitality was. I could have talked about all the people she had an impact on. I could have talked about um, her chocolate soup pie. I could have talked about her awesome garden and the great neighbor that she was. And I went on and on and on. And I shared all these things about Dorothy. And I said, I could have talked about any one of these things. But Dorothy said, there's only one thing that matters. And just like this gift, if we never open it, we're not going to know what it is. The gift of salvation unopened, you'll never experience it. If we don't share that gift with someone else, they'll never know. Sure, we'd like to believe that, well, God will put someone else in their path. Church, we have a responsibility. The time is short. The time is short. Someone asked that we pray for Kentucky. I don't know what the number is, but 100 people went to bed expecting to wake up the next morning. Not drama, that's real life. They went to bed Friday, expected to wake up Saturday morning. The time is short. Share your faith in a very real and honest and genuine way with those you come in contact with. Don't beat them with the Bible, they don't need another verse. They need your love. They need to know that they are loved by you, more importantly, by God. Verse 11 says, Behold, the Lord God will come with a strong hand, and His arm shall rule for Him. Behold, the reward is with Him and His work before Him. He's going to come with a mighty arm. Isn't that what the Jewish people wanted? They were getting pushed around. They were nobodies. They didn't have anybody to rule over them. They didn't have a a plan. They were just wanderers. And they so looked for someone who would come and lead them with a strong arm. Someone who would protect them. And then Isaiah says, 
He will also carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. Can you see that? That he's going to hold them with his strong arm, but he's not going to squeeze the lamb to death. He's going to hold that arm, that, that a lamb sensitively and, and comfortably. He's going to love them with a strong arm. And how does God show his love? He shows his love by sending his son. The baby. He sends his son to this earth. In my finite simple mind. I think there probably was better ways. Of course, that's, I'm telling you it's finite and simple and I don't have a plan. God sending His Son, a baby, to this earth goes so against the grain. So much so that we gauge where life is, where the world turned by this one act of God's hand. Before Christ, after death. That sacrifice, that sacrifice was great. He sent his son Jesus to this earth to live a perfect life, to die on a cross, to be raised from the dead so that we have hope, that you have hope. I want to end this morning a little different than we normally end. It's been a song on my heart all week. If you know much about me, I'm not a big praise and worship guy. Don't take that the wrong way. I like 80s hair bands. Don't ask. It's my generation. But there has been a song, a worship song on my heart all week. And my wife's like, that's weird. Why are you playing that song? Because she knows I play different music. But I want to share with you a song this morning that has just been burned into my heart. I don't know why. I don't know why. Maybe it was for this reason. But, I want, but when I, we play this song, I want you to listen to the words. And I want you to place yourself into the song. Because the power of the song is being reminded of this. That He loves us so. Jealous for me Love's like a hurricane I am a tree Bending beneath The weight of his wind and mercy When all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions Eclipsed by glory And I realize just how beautiful you are and how 
great your affections are for me. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, oh, how he loves us. How he loves us all. not feeling loved this morning. After we pray, I want to invite you up. Because I'd love to share in the love that Jesus gives today. If you're not feeling loved, I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to share that. Let's, let's pray. Lord God, you are good. You are good in the tough times and the good times. Your love endures forever. 
Thank you. Thank you for loving us in spite of ourselves. In your name we pray. Amen.